0: Podcasts.
1: This is Reception reception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right.
0: Uh, we normally talk about wide receivers here, but I, I do want to kind of talk about the Saquon injury because that did just break here uh, right before we uh, jumped on this podcast. Uh, it's very fresh in our minds here. But now uh, Saquon Barkley was supposed to be out the next three weeks with a, a low ankle sprain. By the way, that one surprised me. I'm like, I, I read the first part. Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. low, low ankle sprain. I'm like, all right, cool. So he has a chance, and then it was like, no, now he's out for the next three weeks. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, How bad was his ankle sprain, bro? Like the guy's walking around and stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad, but apparently it's really, really bad. Three weeks with an ankle sprain—that's tough.
1: Uh, very tough, especially for an offense that hasn't uh, really looked that good for six quarters. Uh, of the season so far right it's it's almost like the cardinals woke up at halftime like somebody came to jonathan gannon at halftime like hey 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 (laughs) what are we're not supposed to be winning games this year uh what are we doing here like let's let the giants come back in this one um actually i was watching this game with my brother-in-law and he was uh, halfway through the the second quarter Something was like yeah the giants will come back and win this game i was like i don't think so so um shout out that was a hell of a prediction he he nailed that one yeah but, yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, it, it happens at the end of the game for Saquon, too. And the Giants offense, to me, has basically looked the entire way like a unit that's still trying to figure itself out, which is troubling considering that I think they got into a pretty good groove with an identity last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, but then they, they try
1: did. to add some new wrinkles and add some new pieces. And I think, I think that the Brian Dable and – Mike Kafka coaching staff didn't want to be. And I, I understand why they didn't want to be as like run heavy and as conservative as they were last year. So they add some of these receiver pieces. They add Darren Waller, but you know, it's not like they really add any difference makers, right? Like Darren Waller, I think at his peak is a difference maker, but he's dealing with this hamstring injury that might nag him all season long. And people have brought up nerves, you know, like the nerve, like Mm -hmm. nerve damage and stuff like that. So uh, this is pretty concerning, too, for uh, the Giants don't have like, you know, I, I, obviously Alexander Madison is starting r- right now and he's not going it's not going very well for him. But right, like no. it was always, oh, when <laughs> Dalvin Cook misses time, like j- Alexander Madison plucks in there and we just, yep, boom, go forward with like like 90% of what we were getting from Dalvin Cook. I don't think the Giants have anybody like that. So this is definitely a troubling injury for sure.
0: How dare you disrespect the name of Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell (laughs) in such a way? (laughs) Eric
1: Gray. I mean,
0: (laughs) no, I mean, I'm I'm joking here, but honestly, uh, you know, obviously the Giants are hoping uh, that they get a little something, something uh, out of their their running back group there. I don't know. We'll see uh, if that is the case. You know, it's interesting to me, right, because of all the contract issues, certainly um, that will be talked about during this three week layoff here for Saquon Barkley we're going to find out which camp is right over the next three weeks. Right. Um, or at least we'll, we'll think we know who is right <laughs> over the next three weeks. And, and and that's the thing, like, you know, these <clears throat> don't pay running back truthers or whatever. They're very entrenched. It doesn't even matter, but and, 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 and Brightwell could average, you know, 0. 0.7 yards a carry. It doesn't matter. Don't pay Saquon. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and, and then on the other side, you know, uh, the, these old school football heads of just, you got to pay your good players. Uh, which by the way, I'm not an old school football head, but I do think, yeah, paying your good players probably good. You know, it's good. It's good for the team. Uh, It's good for team morale, to be honest with you, uh, to to pay your good players. So that's, that's interesting, but no, but over the next three weeks though, uh, Saquon is going to be out. And, um, and yeah, man, we're going to find out what this team is really made of because last year and man, I think you would agree with me. This team was really built on the back of Saquon Barkley carrying the offense, man. Yeah. Led the team in targets, you know, and, and, just that
1: he's kind of that gravitational force for them. And this also comes on the back. Did you see this report today that the NFL is filing a grievance against the NFLPA over allegations that the union advised running backs to consider quote, Feigning or exaggerating mm. injuries to gain leverage in contract talks and seeking an oh. order for the union to, quote, cease and desist from such improper conduct. Um, the NFLPA obviously flatly denied that and said of course. this is ridiculous and without merit. Um,
0: but, you know, I mean, it's it goes back to what, when I started this conversation, Matt, I said, Oh, it's a low ankle sprain. I thought he was gonna be have a chance and then he doesn't have a chance. The dude's out three weeks. Okay, so I, I don't I'm not I'm not saying. I'm just saying, you know? Yeah, I, I
1: it's it's like I got that notification, and then it was not but like twenty minutes later that the Schefter tweet and MRI showed that Giants running back Saquon Barkley suffered a quote ordinary ankle sprain. And I'm right. gonna do that right there, I was like Oh, cool! Oh, cool. Like, yeah, so I mean, he's definitely not going to play Thursday night because that game's just right. too soon. But then, exactly. oh, you read the second half. That now is expected to sideline <laughs> in for three weeks. Per source, uh, I mean, shoot, man! It just—I'm not saying that this is happening, you know. But I know that's what I mean. It's definitely interesting. This whole the whole thing is is very very interesting. Um, what's going on right now? And just you know, I mean, I can't necessarily blame these guys. This was one thing no, I
0: thought. I don't blame them when, at all.
1: Yeah, like when when guys like Saquon and guys like Eckler and guys like Josh Jacobs, you know, when people were talking about, well, what do we do with them in fantasy like early on in the year? It was like, to me, it's not – we like they're all going to show up week one, okay? Everybody's going to oh, show yeah. up week oh, one yeah. and they're oh, going to yeah. play. You know, I think if Jonathan Taylor – I don't know. Taylor is a whole other discussion, but he's oh, obviously boy. not playing, but he's on the PUP, so right. theoretically he's hurt and he's physically unable to perform. That's why he's on the PUP. All these other guys that are healthy, they're going to be playing week one. But it was okay, but the risk of it might be, all right, well, yep, I'm not I'm not totally hundred percent healthy. Normally I'd go at eighty percent or eighty-five percent, but for you people, I don't want to go at eighty-five percent. So I that is definitely a little like, mm, I'm raising my eyebrows at that. Uh, even if I don't I'm not accusing these guys of feigning injuries or anything, but I would totally buy it if they didn't want to give hundred percent for a team that didn't want that's not giving hundred percent back to them. So the old running back market thing is really interesting. This whole Saquon thing, I, I just don't know what this Giants offense looks like um, without him.
0: I mean, they're going to have to figure out something in the passing game. That's what's going to be really interesting. Actually, thinking about Saquon, this actually happened to him, I believe, two years ago. Maybe it was three seasons ago, but I think he had a high ankle sprain, came back really fast, and then tried to basically grind out yep. the rest of the season, right? And um, and yeah, I think I think you're right. You hit it right on the head. You know, if the team is is telling you they don't truly appreciate your talents, um, and they're not fully committed to you, well, man, what what are you expecting from the player back? You know, in these kind of situations, so I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sitting here saying he's, you know, exaggerating the injury or exaggerating the injury timeline or whatever it is. I, I, I just, you know, who knows what the hell it looks like, right? But certainly, um, with all of the extra stuff that is happening around this whole running back situation, in in particular. Saquon Barkley and the Giants um certainly some eyebrows are going to be raised and certainly there's going to be a lot of talk I'm sure in in New York markets about uh the 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 validity of the injury and all those kind of things man but um but yeah I'm I'm really fascinated to see what happens and I'll tell you what Matt I'm interested to see if they go a little bit more you know maybe a little bit more up tempo maybe they go a little bit more vertical maybe they try to get a little crazy with their passing game I mean Jalen Hyatt only ran 11 routes Last uh, in this in this past game against the Cardinals. You know, I could see his, you know, uh, stock on the rise here a little bit. Eleven routes, two targets, two grabs, eighty nine yards. Come on. Now. <laughs> I mean, he showed you why uh, he was a, a extreme vertical player over at Tennessee and why the Giants uh, decide to, to take him in the draft. So, yeah, man, I, they're going to need players like Hyatt, like Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Dar- Darren Waller to kind of sort of step up here.
1: Yeah, and I think they need Daniel Jones to step up as well, right? Like that's the thing is I think he played well in the second half. He just plays well when he can just kind of run like just cut it loose, you know. Um, I think he does play. And that's why I think Jalen Hyatt will continue to be a really important player for this offense because if you're going to cut it loose to somebody, why not cut it loose to the guy that can really rip you downfield, which is obviously Jalen Hyatt. So he's going to remain somebody that is sort of in, in the centerpiece there um maybe they don't play him a full amount of routes because they just trust Darius Slayton more they trust Isaiah Hodgins more and I totally get that and I understand that just based on Hyatt's like routes and his portfolio from his collegiate days but uh again I think he'll have to be an important part of this offense if they're just going to look for that next dimension without Saquon Barkley um yeah it's, it's the thing with the Giants again it just they're not too, di- especially without Saquon now. I mean, oh, my God, right? Like, I'm watching the Patriots last night, yeah, and I'm like, you know, the Patriots have competent, acceptable, viable NFL players at all of their spots, right? Like, okay. Devontae Parker is an acceptable X receiver. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, Kendrick Bourne is an acceptable flanker. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, I mean, his knee is, you know, a whole nother thing, but he is theoretically an acceptable slot receiver. Uh, Hunter Henry is an acceptable NFL tight end, but they don't have one dude there that like makes you piss your pants. You know, they don't have one (laughs) guy that's like, Uh we really need to account for him. And, you know, the Giants without Saquon Barkley, are they not the same thing here where hundred
0: percent? I, I think
1: that uh, Darius Slayton is an acceptable speed flanker. I think Isaiah Hodgins is an acceptable X receiver. I think Paris Campbell is an acceptable slot. Um, Darren, Darren Waller, like again, he should be a difference maker, but if he's not healthy, same thing we just talked about with right. Juju. If he's not healthy, like Absolutely. that's just where he's at. And I think they're kind of in that boat. And I think if you have that player, if you have that setup, then you need a quarterback who's going to really move the needle. Because like right. as good as Mac Jones is, he's just He's going to be a guy that can run and execute an adult offense. I think he's shown mm-hmm. that. And I I, I'm kind of like, I, think Daniel Jones can do that same thing. And they just kind of need to let Daniel Jones like cut it loose, right? Because yeah. that's, I think, when he's playing his best. Um, so I don't know. I, with all of these offenses that just lack like an ace in the hole, lack like a difference maker, I just worry that they get really stuck. Like, again, you just get stuck on a, on a ceiling of like you're the 16th best offense in the NFL. And I think that's not where
0: the Giants are right now. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, if you're going to be the 16th best offense in the NFL, you need to have a top five defense to start winning these ball games. Right. You got to win some close, close, low scoring games. I, I did, that's just not necessarily what the Giants have here uh, on both sides of the football. OK, um, you did a profile piece on Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, very quickly. Can I pick your brain on Hodgins? What does he bring to the table? Twenty nine routes run. Uh, was the fourth most on the team on Sunday? Five targets, four receptions, forty gra uh, forty yards, and a touchdown grab. Uh, this guy came through a little bit late in the season, showed some flashes. You charted him from his per- production last week or last year, rather. What did you find?
1: Yeah, I think last year he was – he showed that he can play, right? Like uh, what what we just talked about, that he can be an acceptable, viable X receiver. Um, you know, we throw the Devontae Parker access around an awful lot on this show, and mm-hmm. that's why, because I think he is like, all right, if Devontae Parker is your X receiver, you're not a joke of an offense. Um, you're not running out like – I mean, you're a joke of an offense if you're running out Matt Patricia as your coordinator, but that was a separate issue with the Patriots last year. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. I think I think Hodgins kind of fits in that bucket, right? Like um 67% success rate versus man, that's not an ex- that's not an exciting number, but it's certainly solid. Um it's kind of right in the range of the league average. Showed pretty well against press. Um only saw press on 8.6% of his routes, but did come in with a 77.8% success rate. That was probably I would say the best number from his. Um, from his reception perception sample, but right. I think he showed you a, a guy that has good hands, a guy that can run quality routes in the intermediate area. I also kind of thought some of his best stuff is when they'd have him run choice routes uh, in like actually from the slot. Like I'm thinking about that playoff win against the Vikings, but you know, just showed he's a guy that can play, but he's not a difference maker. He's not a superstar. He's just like a solid quality NFL player.
0: Yeah, interesting numbers on some of these routes. Um, 80% success rate on the curl route, which I thought was uh, pretty good, uh, especially given the type of player that he is. 75% success rate on the post. That's that's pretty solid. Uh, 47% on the nine. that That's a, a little bit below average. And then 40% oh, yeah. on the corner, also uh, pretty below average if you take a look at the rest of the NFL. So he's got some things that he can do in the intermediate area. He, he's got some things that he can kind of sort of do. Um, as an in-breaking deeper receiver right Matt but um, but overall he's got does have some uh, as you mentioned he's not I don't think he's great anywhere He he's acceptable no. in a lot of different spots but um, but maybe not doesn't have that that a trademark route run or a trademark quality about him that that can separate him from other receivers
1: yeah the thing I just liked about him is the reliability you know um, like I mentioned choice routes where he's going to kind of look at the leverage of of the coverage and and hope that it gives you the right range for him to either break to that inside route or kind of come back to yeah. the quarterback as that ISO receiver on the backside or, or on the front side, depending on the play call. I think, I think, he again, he showed that he could do that type of stuff. And the hands, his hands are good. He's got good hands. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what he showed last year when he played. So I think that's what makes me interested in him is again just that reliable skill set because I don't think that Darius Slayton has proven to be a consistent pro. I don't think like he'll give you these great games and he'll like kind of have suspect games. I think that um, Paris Campbell has definitely not been the picture of reliability. You know he runs <laughs> the depth. He's, he's not consistently on the field. Yeah, right. He's he's definitely in that in that sort of bucket. Right. So I, I think that if we're looking at somebody that could just be reliable and and look they're going to need reliability with. Saquon Barkley out of the mix. I I think Isaiah Hodgins makes sense, and then hopefully you get enough splashy plays from the rest of these guys, especially like a a Jalen Hyatt. Of course, I think people are going to be really interested in because he just so clearly. And this is the funny thing about Hyatt, right? He he was labeled as like a first round pick, and it's like, oh well, this guy's got so much room to go. Like, is he a first round pick? Like, I don't know if he just tops out at like Ted Ginn. That's the best case scenario. Uh, is that really worth the first round pick? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so clear he can like obviously play, right? Like he can, he can play football. You know, you don't do the stuff he did in college. If you just absolutely can't play. So then he goes in the third round and it's like, Oh my God, this is great. Like now if yeah, you get Ted right, Ginn in the right. third round. He has this right. long career of like taking the top. That's great stuff. So that's the funny thing about Jalen Hyde. It's just like measuring those expectations. I think will be key with him, especially early in his career. So, I don't know. The Giants just have... I just, I just, I, they just leave a lot to be desired right now from an offensive perspective.
0: He's the only guy, Jalen Hyatt, that is can potentially be a difference maker. He's certainly somebody that they're hoping can take the lid off of a defense. And even if it's just something as simple as clearing it out for guys like Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins to work in in those intermediate areas of the field, which I believe is a good area of the field for them. <clears throat> and I, and by the way, I love the intermediate area of the field. Like that's where you make your money in the NFL, right? So if Daniel Jones can start throwing those passes and, and getting those boys involved and Jalen height every now and again, you know, making a splash play over the top, let's go, let's go. I think Daniel Jones is uh, I think he's developed a little bit too. I, I really like what I saw there in week number two. And obviously he's working with a great offensive Monday head coach in Brian Dable. 2400 sports is an odyssey company.